Hello. Welcome to the On-Call Consults in Less Than 10 Minutes series on ENT in a Nutshell, a compliment to Head Mirror's online survival guide. I'm your host, Jake Johnson, and today we are joined by Dr. Garrett Joby, a board-certified rhinologist and skull-based surgeon. In this episode, we will cover nasal foreign bodies. If you'd like more information on nasal foreign bodies and other foreign bodies, there are other podcasts in this same nature, as well as full online documents on headmirror.com. Let's jump right into nasal foreign bodies. Young children and patients with developmental delay are the most common patients to present with nasal foreign bodies, though occasionally you'll see adults with insects, accidental placements, or other objects, such as the backing to a nose stud. Timely diagnosis and treatment is imperative to prevent infection and morbidity. When considering these sorts of patients, what do you think about as far as a differential diagnosis and can't miss diagnoses, Dr. Joby? So to begin with, in the majority of these cases, it's a, it's a pretty obvious diagnosis because a child or a, or a um, patient has a foreign body in their nose. However, if the patient has had a foreign body for a long period of time and uh, it's very infected or granulation tissue has developed, other things should be ruled out like sinusal tumor or nasal crusting from a granulomatous or autoimmune disease. But the biggest can't miss diagnosis for this one is a placement of an intranasal button battery. These can have devastating consequences to the nose as they can the esophagus as well. So a button battery placement would certainly be a can't miss diagnosis. What things put patients at risk for a nasal foreign body? Typically, these are young pediatric patients for the most part. If a patient has a mental disability, that may also be uh, more likely to place something in their nose. Then lastly, um, there are many patients who have uh, nasal jewelry they may wear, like a nasal stud, and they may be at increased risk due to uh, their jewelry. As far as history taking, what sort of things do you want to ask these patients? It's helpful to know if this is a witnessed or an unwitnessed placement of the foreign body, and if they know what type of object was actually placed. It's also helpful to know how long it's been there, if at all possible. So have they had symptoms for three or four weeks, or was this witnessed and just placed yesterday? It's also important to get some, some idea of uh, symptoms of pain, of nasal drainage, or other uh, nasal symptoms, which may tip you off into the chronicity uh, of this placement. And what sort of things do you want to bring with you to evaluate this patient? Certainly, I think um, equipment for a thorough nasal examination is important. Uh, this may include a nasal speculum and a zero-degree rigid endoscope, as well as oxymetazoline or nasal decongestant, and potentially nasal lidocaine as well. Uh, it's also helpful to have some tools for possible extraction. Uh, these can include alligator cups forceps, a loop curette, or a right-angle instrument as typically used in the ear canal. Lastly, there is some pre-made things that can be used on occasion. Uh, the most common one you may see in the emergency department is a nasal balloon extractor, which is a catheter with a balloon on the back end of it, which you can insert past the foreign object and then pull it forward with. And in going to see this patient, what sort of items do you want to look at and what things are you thinking about as far as your physical examination? So a thorough head and neck exam is always important. Uh, you want to make sure their oral cavity exam is normal, that there hasn't been any extension of uh, infection or disease process through the palate or those kind of things, although that would be quite unusual. The goal is really to get a good nasal exam, clean um, any surrounding debris, and visualize the foreign object if at all possible. It's also very important to check the contralateral nostril. Uh, where there's one foreign body, there may be two. So certainly ruling that out is important. And looking for any other concerns of injury, such as uh, injury to the nasal septum or perforation is also important. And in these patients, do you generally get a diagnostic workup of any kind? In the majority of patients, a diagnostic workup is not necessary. If you're worried about a tumor or it's been a high uh, impact mechanism of injury, like an explosion or something like that, you may consider a CT scan. However, that's generally not indicated. And as far as treatment of these patients, what sort of things do you consider and what's your general plan with trying to go after these nasal foreign objects? 
So a lot of this depends on uh, the age and the uh, the behavior of the patient. So it's a young child that can be held down very easily. Uh, you may be able to get a nice exam with a rigid endoscope, maybe to move it uh, quite easily to the bedside simply by having someone hold the patient. If it's an older child or more difficult to move, um, conscious sedation uh, may be necessary for some of these patients. Or if it's an, a, an adult patient with a mental disability, they may need conscious sedation or, or even a, a trip to the operating room. I think that using a rigid endoscope is helpful in the majority of cases. And the plan for what tool to remove it really depends on what kind of object it is. If it's a small, uh, smooth object, usually getting behind it with a right angle hook uh, or an ear curette is very helpful. However, if it's a thin object or has a nice grasp ability to grasp it, then an alligator forceps may be very helpful. Lastly, if it is a live in insect in the nasal cavity, these can be challenging to remove from time to time. It may be helpful to sort of flood the area a bit with uh, a little bit of lidocaine, which can help to calm it down or even kill it, and then remove it uh, afterwards once the nasal cavity is anesthetized. And after you've completed this, do you consider any medications after that for these patients? If the patient has a lot of edema from uh, the foreign body being in there, you may consider some nasal saline or even a topical steroid spray. Um, if it is a more significant chemical injury, such as a battery or some sort of detergent or solvent, uh, they may benefit from routine nasal rinses or even in rare cases, systemic steroids. We sort of mentioned this as far as the approach to getting the nasal foreign bodies out of the nose, but are there any considerations when you think about going to the operating room or conscious sedation for the patient? Sure. I, I think it's important to, to get a history as far as what the NPO status of the patient is um, for both consideration of conscious sedation or a trip to the operating room. And again, a lot of it, that decision will be made based on the disposition of the patient and their age and their ability to be sort of held still by either their parent or someone who's helping you in the emergency room. I'll also mention there is a risk of aspiration with nasal foreign bodies. So making sure they're going to be able to be uh, calm and still enough for you to be able to get it out without pushing it back into the nasal pharynx is also very important. And after you've completed this, uh, generally, do you have follow-up for these patients or where, where do they go from here? For the majority, this is a quick outpatient procedure. Um, if there's significant uh, edema or trauma, you may want to see them back uh, for follow-up for a quick nasal examination. If, however, it's a, it's a routine removal and the nasal mucosa looks fairly healthy, uh, maybe no follow-up or just a routine visit with their pediatrician. Thank you for that quick overview on nasal foreign bodies, Dr. Chobi. We appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.